Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I have a special guest with me today. I have a doctor on the line, and she is one of the coolest doctors that I know. And I want to introduce to you listeners, um, Erin Jacobs-Stagner. Hey, Erin. Hey. How are you today? I'm peachy. How about you, Anika? You can't be peachy because you're not in Georgia. Okay, well, I can be cotton, right? Because I'm in Mississippi. <laughs> I didn't know that, but you just taught me something. <laughs> well, it's either that or catfish, and I don't think catfish is really that great. So. Hey, you just taught me something else. Okay, so now I know what to get from Mississippi. Yeah, catfish and cotton. That's what we do. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being here, and I'm excited because you are going to educate listeners on many different things, and I want you to introduce yourself to listeners, tell them who you are and what you do, and then we'll get into what you're going to do. So can you break it down for us, please? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a chiropractor by trade. I've been a chiropractor now for 12 years, um, and I predominantly take care of pregnant moms and their kids and particularly special needs kids is really my focus right now. Um, but I've been all over the spectrum. I, for eight years, I worked at a D1 school working predominantly with athletes and particularly volleyball and basketball and occasionally football, but who that takes a whole lot of effort. There's a lot of them and they some big guys. So it takes some work. So I've shifted that now towards the care of special needs kids, which is what we're, I think what we're going to talk about today, right? Correct. Awesome. So I was going to ask you, like, out of all the populations that you've worked with, what made you choose to work with special needs kids? Um, that is a space that's really close to my heart. My oldest daughter is 12 now. Um, she's a high-functioning autistic, so that's been a special place for us, trying to learn how do we, you know, how do we approach Maggie? How does Maggie approach things? How do we manage to make her life not necessarily easy for her but to make it doable or functional for her so that's really been something that I've had to deal with for 12 years and just in the last three or four years have really brought it into my practice and dealing with my patients so it's been a big shift for us I love to listen to everyone's story that's ever on the call because Whenever we have a calling or our purpose, it always kind of stems from a problem or a situation or a circumstance. And so I find it interesting because like all the conversations we've had previously, I could never understand how you wound up doing special needs. I'm like, she did universities, you know, she did this, she did that. Um, but that makes total sense. So in your years of chiropractic, I want to go somewhere else before we break down your new project. Yeah. Um, can you hit on the specialty itself. I know as a chronic illness sufferer, a lot of people don't understand how important chiropractic is, even for children's behavior, for mental health, for things of that nature. Can you educate listeners on how chiropractic care correlates with other health? Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this. I'll just, will you role play it with me? Sure. Is that good? Sure. All right. So what's the most important part of your entire body I'm talking to you I would say spine okay so <laughs> not talking to me what would you say I would have said head okay that's pretty close actually 
Um, most people say heart. I can see where that might be a good answer. Some people will say lungs. Um, the optimal answer, what I'm looking for is brain. Okay. Yes. So when you, let's take it back though. When you say heart, I can understand that, right? You got to have a heartbeat to live or to be considered alive. Mm -hmm. um, it's protected by your lungs and those are protected by your ribs. So it's encased in bone, but let's think about your brain. Okay. You've got to have brain waves to be considered technically alive, right? Because mm -hmm. people who are brain dead, that's when you start talking about organ donors and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. So your brain's encased in your skull, right? Mm -hmm. So it's protected by bone. Some people, the brain's, you know, protected by a lot more bone than in other people. Cause let's be honest. Some people got some thick skulls. <laughs> you know what? All right. <laughs> And then everything that comes away from your brain, so like your spinal cord, it's all protected in bone. Your whole, your whole spinal cord is encased with vertebra in your spinal column. Mm -hmm. So it's gotta be pretty important if your body protects it with bone. So how important is it? Everything that happens in your body is from a command from your nervous system, particularly your brain. So if you hold up your finger and then you ask your finger to move or you tell your finger to move, it happens like that, right? Mm -hmm. But what has to happen in your brain? It has to pull that information that goes, okay, I've had a thought. I need to create a, an action plan for this. I have to go to a different part of my brain and pull the programming that says move your finger. Mm -hmm. Then I have to implement that into work, send that message down your spine, out to your hand, to the muscles that say, hey, move the finger. Then mm -hmm. they actually have to contract and move the finger. Then the muscle goes back in, or the impulse goes back into your spinal cord, back up to your brain that says, okay, I moved the finger. And all of that happens like that, super fast. What happens if your brain is speaking English, but your body only understands Spanish? That's how I feel all the time. Exactly. And that's how a lot of people with chronic illnesses feel. And special needs kids, it may be Portuguese. I mean, it may be a totally mm -hmm. different language. Mm -hmm. So... My job is to serve as interpreter. It's to help your brain and your body speak the same language. Amen. There you go. So how do I do that? I do that by making sure that all of the alignment in the spinal column, each single vertebra, there's 26 of those bad boys. I have to make sure that every single one of them are in the correct alignment so that all the communication from your brain to your body and from your body back to your brain is the same language. So I love that you broke it down that way, because when I'm thinking 26 vertebrae, you know, I've gone, I've been in, in chiropractic care for over 20 years. And I, I just learned from being at a specific type of, of doctor's office, um, maximized living, mm -hmm. you know, he literally explained to me how every vertebrae correlates with an organ. Mm -hmm. Can you please break this down for people? Because I think that a lot of people, you know, we're in this health and wellness kick right now where everybody's looking at diet and everybody's working. Everybody has all these different plans, but I need you to break it down from an anatomy, anatomy standpoint and explain that process to people like you just did that other one. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So it really, every, every vertebra has its own particular organ that it goes to and some of them are going to overlap. Okay, so like if you came to me and you were saying, I'm having trouble with my lungs or I have emphysema or I have COPD, I would look towards the very top of your thoracic spine or right at the very top where your neck joins your shoulders. That area is where I would look. Because Are you those kidding me? I have emphysema no. and COPD and that's where all of my pain is. Boom. 
you know what's happening? No. Your, your lungs are sending messages back to your spinal cord that need to get to your brain that say, hey, something's not right here. Some, we're not functioning at 100%. You need to let them know. And there's communication issue right at that area. So my job is to come in, correct that miscommunication so that that alarm system goes to your brain that says, hey, we can't get our oxygen and carbon dioxide right. Something's not going on here and you need to fix this. Mm. Let's just, let's say you were having constipation was the other end. Okay. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. can't poo. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem, right? That's a huge problem. That's a big problem. So I would look at your lower lumbar vertebra. If you go right to where, you know how you put your hands on your hips, mm -hmm. it's not technically your hips, but that's yeah. what everybody calls them. If you pull your thumbs in to meet each other, mm -hmm. that's the exact area I would look at if you had a constipation issue. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because I went in and they said, you know, your fibromyalgia is literally your back playing tricks on you. And it's messing with, you know, my lungs, my stomach. Those are the two main issues. And then you talk about circulation, you know, and mm -hmm. blood clots and things like that. And so, you know, listening to you, you're the first time I've, I've talked about it, asked the questions, because I think that this is mind blowing. Because a lot of people do not go to the chiropractor because they're like, oh, well, I didn't get in a car accident or mm -hmm. I've never had traumatic injury. I've never had a head injury. You know, I had, exactly. a I had a concussion years ago, but I never thought about the aftercare. I never thought about how these little things can disrupt your body and your alignment and how your alignment literally affects every organ in your body. It does. You know, I get that all the time. Like, why do I have to come to the chiropractor? I'm not hurting anywhere. Mm -hmm. You're not hurting yet. If you let these little things build up over time, it's called cumulative trauma. If you let things build up over time, it's going to get to a point where it's going to send a red flag. It's going to send an alarm. You're going to have pain or you're going to have numbness or tingling or burning. And you're going to end up in my office anyway. It's just going to cost you more because it's going to take you longer to heal. Mm-hmm. 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 So let's say who is... <laughs> Okay, aside from just everybody, who yeah. do you think are your ideal clients? Like people that are probably struggling with illness like me, fibromyalgia, 15 years of diagnosis, you know, oh, you have autoimmune, oh, you might have MS, oh, you might have this. Okay, so you have people that have been in accidents that know that they have um, issues with their spine. But let's say people who may not know that they're dealing with something as simple as constipation or irritable bowel syndrome or something. Who do you love to bring uh, alignment to, um, for better, you know, choice of better words, but who do you love to give that aha moment to? Like what type of client that doesn't know that you can change their health? Who would, who would that be? Oh, I have three favorites. Okay. I love, I love it. You go ahead. I love pregnant moms. Okay. Cause there's nothing better did than that. Oh, see, that's just crazy. And now I missed the opportunity, but I really wish I would have known this before. Oh, I love it when, you know, when like they come in and they're at 30 something weeks and they're just miserable. And it's like, I cannot stand it. And you, I take care of them and I adjust them and we create a little extra space for baby to move. Oh. And they're like, why did I not do this? I don't know. Pregnant moms, I hope you're listening. Please go. Cause Get to I, your chiropractor right now. Let me live through you, please. Okay? Yes. All right. All right. Group number two, babies and little kids. 
So, so, so yes, can you please explain this? Because I've heard this and I just literally look like you must be crazy and disregarded and ignored. And so I need you to educate me as well. So can you tell us why children and babies? Okay. What's the most traumatic thing that happens to a kid? Birth? Exactly. See, I just happen to know that from hearing things. Okay. There you go. See, I, I didn't feed her the answer. She's coming <laughs> up with these on her own. All right. So when a baby's born face down, most likely is the most common position. And then how do we get the shoulders out? You literally tug. Yeah. You turn their head. So their nose ends up over their shoulder, which is so not in a normal. Have you ever tried to put your nose over your shoulder? I'm sure I can't. I'm yeah, positive. We, we can't. Okay. Mm -hmm. Babies are an exception. They can do that because their ligaments aren't solidified as, as adults are. Mm-hmm. So when they pull that baby's head and then they turn it 180 degrees over its shoulder and then they bring it, bring the shoulders out and then they turn the head back. Okay. Babies don't have the muscle tone and the ligament structure to correct the changes that happen in the very tip top of their neck. So what happens is their, their skull sits on their first vertebra. And mm -hmm. when you twist them like that, they don't have a way to pull it back around. So you get all, you get ear infections, you get colic, you get crying babies for no reason. The biggest one we get is reflux. All three of my children were on special formula because they literally would get it right back at you. Yeah. I had it with my own child. My middle child could sit on the end of the couch and hit you with projectile vomit. That's on the what I went through. I've literally had to stop and buy new car seats in the car. Like but just throw the car seat away because we're traveling and you cannot stay in the car with it because of that. And Oh, it smells atrocious. And that's the thing is that people have these issues. They have crying babies. They have gassy babies. They have, I, two of my children had ear infections like crazy. Never would I have known this. Yeah. I, my own daughter had projectile vomiting, two adjustments. We've never had another bout of it since she's nine now. So what's the first, okay. What's the youngest that you can see? I had two patients, um, bring their babies on the way home from the hospital. Are you kidding me? No, my own kids were adjusted. Like they were adjusted before I got to hold them. Oh, wow. Yep. This and you know, joy. Cause I know, you know, as a parent, that's like the hardest thing when your baby can't tell you what's wrong and you cannot figure out. And I've heard these stories, you know, from the chiropractor's office, regardless mm -hmm. of me looking at him, like he's crazy. But, um, to hear this, it's, it's totally enlightening because it makes sense. Yeah, it does. That's the thing. People come to my office and I explain chiropractic to them and I explain the way their body works. And they're like, how is it that simple? They're like, God is not the author of confusion. Mm. I love he that. Makes it, he makes it easy for us to understand. We're the ones that complicate things. I love that. I needed to hear that today. Okay. So tell me your third favorite person, your third group of people. Oh, special needs kids. Okay, so good. So that, that, that ties us into what we're going to talk about. Okay, so break it down. Yeah, so who has probably the, the biggest case of disorganization and dysfunction in their lives? That kid that has ADHD or ADD mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. has cerebral palsy or autism or Asperger's or any of those kids that have, basically, you're looking at any kid that has an IEP needs to be under chiropractic care. I mean, let's be honest, all of them need to be, but kids with IEPs definitely need to be under chiropractic care. 
and you know, this is funny because me and you have had this conversation in person, like personally, but this is interesting because you have a lot of parents. I have a lot of parent coaches that, you know, mm-hmm. have been on my podcast and stuff. And we're always talking about how a lot of people don't know what to do with these kids at this point, because you don't want medication. You don't want this. You don't want that. You need them to sleep. You need them to eat. You need them to do things. And a lot of kids that have that meet the, that criteria, they don't do the normal things, not like you want. Like, and, and it's, you know, as a psychologist and case manager, they're always throwing oppositional defiant disorder. One of my children is diagnosed with oppositional defiant disorder. And I, I advocate because it's not, I know it's a, it's a disassociation somewhere. I just don't know how to fix it. And you know, it's so frustrating because you know that they don't mean to just not listen. It's just the fact that they're all over the place and trying to bring it back and make it like make sense is just exhausting. And I, I know that to hear something as simple as just getting them adjusted or, you know, creating that, that, you know, getting them in sync, you know, to that degree, it, it, it totally changes the game. And the thing is, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna ask you, how does it all work? Like, how does that make sense? Yeah. So let's look at it this way. There's 12 different body systems, right? So you've got like skin and you've got endocrine and you've got reproductive and you've got digestive and you've got respiratory and cardio so you've got 12 different sections that all have to work together so and it works out great because every vertebra is coordinated with a specific organ right right so it just makes sense that you would go back to the spine to go okay this system is not at a hundred percent so let's look at what areas are associated with that system like let's say for example that they have a texture issue okay so they mm-hmm. don't, they don't mm-hmm. eat certain things because of it's it's a texture that they don't like yep. okay so all right so then you have to look at is it a sensation issue or mm-hmm. is it a motor issue or is it both mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so let's just say it's both all right okay. so then we got we're going to look at the tongue and the jaw Ooh. to make sure that everything moves like it's supposed to hmm. And then we're going to look at the upper part of their neck because let's make sure the sensation that's coming into the brain is being interpreted correctly. Wow. I know. It's so simple. It's It's, mind blowing. So it's like deep and simple at the same time. Like I'm sitting here, I'm like, that's so deep, but it's absolutely simple. Exactly. And people don't want to look at it that they're just like, oh, just feed them whatever they'll eat. Okay. Or they just tell them to eat it, like sit there until you finish, you know? Exactly. it, I, I, it relates to my children. I know that much. There you go. And then you end up with mom and dad who are frustrated because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. their kid's not getting the nutrition that they need and they're aggravated because the kid won't eat. Yep. And it's like, okay, let's take a step back out of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let's look at where we're coming from. Wow. Wow. And the, the coolest thing about this whole situation is, is that I can understand it as a professional trying mm-hmm. to figure out where the source of the problem is and let's try to get it figured out. And then I understand it as a parent because I've been there. Exactly. <laughs> it is super frustrating when it's like, just eat what I put on your plate. Exactly. Are, are you hungry? Yes or no? Exactly. If mm-hmm. you don't want to eat it now, fine. Come back in 30 minutes. We'll warm it up and you can eat it again. Exactly. It's, sometimes it's just not worth fighting about it. You're right about that. Now, let me ask you this. So I know the trajectory of your path for the next year, but I need you to explain to listeners how you have taken your personal experience, your education, 
and your professional experience, how you've tied this together to create this program for special needs. Absolutely. So what I did is I took all of my experience as a parent, all the frustration, all the doctor's visits, the IEPs, the let's try this, let's try that, let's have her tested and evaluated mm-hmm. and everything, and all of my experience at schools, and I've pulled all that in, and I've pulled in all my information as a chiropractor, and all the stuff that I've learned from other chiropractors and other people, and I've pulled all that together. So what I've done is I've created an eight-week course. It launches in August, and it's going to be for both professionals and families, and it's going to help. Well, I'll give you my mission statement. It's to empower professionals and families to expand their concept of optimal potential for special needs kids. So what it does is it educates you on the who they are. Let's talk about their diagnoses, even though we know they're way more than that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about their diagnoses. Mm-hmm. And then let's figure out, okay, what's the why behind it? Okay. How does this work? And let's figure out a way to help them help themselves. How do we optimize everything that they can do? So if they're really good at something, let's, let's blow it out of the water. Let's push focus on their strengths. Exactly. Let's push them in that direction. If they're mm-hmm. not good at something, That's their let's see how, how can we modify it so that it works for them? Mm-hmm. How can we help them modify so they can figure it out? So the idea was, let's just market this towards professionals. And then I got to thinking, wait a minute, that's not the whole picture. Yeah. Like chiropractors, yeah, they'll get this. Medical doctors, nah, they might. I want the people that are in contact with them every day. So like they're therapists at school, they're mm-hmm. OTs and PTs, mm-hmm. they're ABA people, they're mm-hmm. um, the receptionists at the doctor's office who may yeah. not have that full like understanding and training. training. Exactly. That's the people I want to reach. And then I want to be able to go outside that the people Mm -hmm. that deal with special needs children and even adults, like bank tellers or people at the grocery store or cosmetologists and hairdressers and barbers that are going to have to experience these. Okay. Let's try to figure out why they don't like getting their hair cut and how can we modify it so that it works for them. I went through that for three years. Exactly. You know, and you know what, to your point, like there's, I went through the the haircut thing for three to four years and even potty training for almost five. And these are things that a lot of people don't reach out for help for because you're embarrassed. You think this has something to do with your parenting. You know, these are concepts that as you break this down and you talk about the different professionals and different people that come in contact, but not to mention, I really want to ask you a question that I I really think a lot of people don't understand. When you say special needs, can you please classify the individuals that would fall under, under this concept? Because I'll tell you as a mental health professional, a lot of people don't understand that when you're talking about eating disorders, you're talking about addiction, they don't understand outside the scope of what society believes this title is. So Mm -hmm. when you're talking about kids that your program would um, apply to, can you please break down special needs? Because a lot of people don't think of ADHD. They don't think of, you know, children with sensory issues that aren't diagnosed. They don't think of these things as special needs. Can you break down the population that you're talking about? Absolutely. I, you know, I just did a flyer yesterday for um, a church that I'm going to speak at. Actually, it's my church. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> they're hosting me for a two hour talk about special needs children. And it was like, 
the, I love my pastor death, but he was like, do kids that can't hear, are they included in this? I'm like, oh absolutely. So I put that on the flyer, like who falls under this? Okay. Yes. Attention deficit disorder. So your ADD, ADHD kids, mm -hmm. dyslexia, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, dysgraphia, auditory processing, nonverbal learning disabilities, autism spectrum, emotional disturbances. So kids with anxiety or bipolar or depression or like your kids that have oppositional defiant disorder, mm -hmm. it falls under almost all of those speech or language impairment, mm -hmm. um, visual impairments, deafness, intellectual disability, traumatic brain injuries, kids that have had strokes or concussions, mm -hmm. orthopedic impairments. So kids like I have one particular kid in our area that has, um, he has a deformity where his leg didn't grow as long as the other one did. So mm -hmm. he falls in this category, cerebral palsy, Asperger's, Down syndrome, um, genetic disorders fall in here. There, I mean, there are so many kids that fall into this category. Like I already feel like I need to hire people to work for me. Good. Because it's so many kids that I can't handle them all. Exactly. And I love this because I really have like over the 20 years of working in the community, I have found that a lot of people are so afraid of terminology. Like they mm -hmm. seriously, they hear special needs and they don't want to associate their child or themselves with this. And therefore people are missing out on resources because they're so afraid of words. And Absolutely. so I love to like, when I say to people that my children have special needs, all three of my kids have different diagnoses, but a lot of people don't realize that they're special needs. They're different than the norm, which there really is no norm. But the reality is they all need different things a different way. And exactly. Whether it's sensory, whether it's uh, depression, PTSD, whether it's I have one that's emotionally disturbed. And when I say that, people look at me crazy and I'm like, I'm serious. Like, I don't know how to break this down to you. And the teachers, I've been at the school all year because they don't know how to treat her. And right. these are things that I want parents and, and, and even foster parents you know, whoever, I want people to reach out for help because I, I think you're shedding light on something that has been in the dark for way too long. Like, exactly. And, and parents are frustrated and parents give up. Parents walk away. You know, you have broken families because it's too hard for people to stay and accept what's real. A lot of people avoid testing because they don't want a diagnosis. A lot of people try to ignore their children's, um, their children's needs because they're afraid that, you know, or they just want them to be normal. You know, they're tired of yeah. having to do things differently and have special circumstances. And I want people to understand that regardless of all of that, there are people that can help. Exactly. I did that for myself. It took me 10 years to realize that, hey, my daughter's not going to be like everybody else. And I mm -hmm. hate, I hate the word normal. Like it drives me nuts. It, that's there's there's no such thing, but that's what we say. Right. And I tell my kids all the time, normal's a standing on the washing machine. <laughs> and to be honest normal is overrated it's like it saying i want to be average okay so you want to be the exactly. best of the worst exactly. and the worst of the best yep. and i want to live in the middle how boring is that and i've never seen normal you know and so i always say this is not normal or i tell people you're not normal but nobody is because there is no normal and if exactly you see normal it's actually a mask just so you know but I'm going to start using the normal is a setting on a washing machine. That's my new favorite line. Exactly. Yeah. So it took me 10 years to come to that conclusion. And that was after multiple, you know, psychometrists. We've done that. We've done 
the psychologists, we've done all of this stuff and we've had speech therapy and we've had IEPs and we've had accommodations at school. And it took me forever to realize that actually it took my husband looking at me and going, she's not going to be able to do things. And it crushed me. Like it really, it makes me emotional now to think that there are things she's never going to be able to do. She's probably never going to drive. She's probably never going to work a bank account. She's always going to have to have help buying groceries. Yeah. She's going to have to have somebody to oversee that for her. And it was, it was one of those moments where you go through denial Mm -hmm. and then you get angry about it. And then it it is, it's stages of grief. People don't know that grief applies to living things and to situations. Like it really does because to accept that acceptance is a huge concept huge and it's scary yes it is because you don't know how it looks and you still don't know how it looks i still don't i'm in the middle of it and i still don't know how it looks and you may never know what it looks you just have to keep executing like every day you got to wake up and try harder and push it to the max but understand that you know that her max is different than somebody else's max And that's the concept a lot of people don't get because they push kids and they push people and adults and, you know, and, and tell them, well, you could do better. But the reality is no, maybe they cannot. It may not be better. It may be different. Exactly. Yes. They may not be able to do it the way you think it needs to be done, Mm -hmm. but it's their best. Exactly. And that's enough. Exactly. I love it. (laughs) I love it. So tell everybody about the program, how they can get it or how to contact you or how some way to sync this whole thing up when it's coming and, and, and pump them up. Absolutely. So it's coming August of 19. Um, It's going to be an eight week course. You can send me an email right now. It's Jacobs, J-A-C-O-B-S, Cairo, C-H-I-R-O, period, E-J, and that's at gmail.com. Website is not quite done yet, but the landing page is coming so we can pre-register for all that if it's something that you're interested in. And let's be honest, okay, one in nine kids by 2022 are going to have a diagnosis of autism. They're everywhere, okay? So there's no excuse as to why you don't know somebody or you have somebody or you love somebody that has a special need. There's no reason why my inbox should not be flooded with people who want to understand more about this and be motivated and change the way that people view kids in this special needs category. Let me ask you this. Do you have to have a diagnosis in order to be classified or receive services for special needs? Or can you think or know that your child has sensory issues or something different where they need the needs? Do you have to wait for a diagnosis to reach out for help? Absolutely not. If I waited for a diagnosis, Maggie would not have gotten any help until the last year. Well, you know, that's like me. The other day I requested my child's records all to find out the diagnosis was completely different than what she was treated for. Oh yeah. I thought it was adjustment disorder and I got the paperwork and it said oppositional defiant disorder. And before I went to the school, I was thinking to myself, these are two totally different concepts and the approach to how to treat it is completely different. And when I go to the school and if somebody sees that, they're always going to see that, you know? And I was like, this is, I'm like, did they get the wrong child? You know, I went through all these stages and I was like, you know what? It's my job as the parent to know 
how to treat this, how to explain this, and how to seek help in the proper places. Because when you're in certain areas and arenas, a lot of times they're only educated on certain diagnosis and they classify a lot of people for things that have nothing to do with them. Exactly. And that's part of where, where I'm coming from with this program is like, I want to help parents learn how to be better advocates for their children. Love this. And anything I can do to help you with this, because I created a class on advocacy because being a chronic illness uh, patient and being a mother of children with diagnoses and special needs, you, you know, you're, you're constantly dismissed. And when you need to advocate for yourself, it's something that a lot of people give up. Like a lot of people just quit fighting and you sure. can't, you can't. You, you have to just know that you're doing the right thing and never let anyone discount or dismiss your concerns. Exactly. And there's something to having a community of people who understand where you're coming from and what you're dealing with. Even though our kids don't have the same diagnoses, I understand exactly what you're saying when you're going to the school yeah. and you're frustrated because it just doesn't add up. You're not listening to what I'm telling you about my child. You're not helping her help herself and we have a problem here we need to have a meeting about this and discuss what's the best way to handle it so i think if you have a community of people behind you that you know understand you and you know they're gonna go okay get yourself back up put mm -hmm. on your big girl panties yep. and let's go yep woo 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 i got you all right now let's go fight exactly you know? and you know what i have to put on blast that you you were that for me we were supposed to do this podcast one day and I came from the school and I was like, I think you get this. I didn't know anything about you. I was like, I just feel, and you were like, do you just need to talk? And I was like, I feel so unprofessional, but you saw it. You understood it. I was advocating for my child. I was vulnerable. I was upset because at the end of the day, you know, we are their best advocate until they can advocate for themselves. And in talking about this population, that day may never come for them to be able to advocate for themselves. So therefore, it is our job. And whether exactly. we it or not, we have to do our very best. It hurts. It leaves scars. But at the end of the day, it, it's worth it. And so I have to thank you because if this program has anything to do with who you are and what you do for others, I'm pumped. I'm excited. And I can't wait for other people to get some relief. Amen. And I'll just be honest with you. You talked about earlier about that normal CB in a mask. I'm telling you right now, I don't have one of those. I am who I am all the time, everywhere I go. Like I had a patient yesterday who said, you don't dress like a doctor. You don't have hair like a doctor either. I'm putting you on blast right now. But guess what? That's what let me know that you are a transparent, authentic individual. And when you have that, you can literally like just disclose and let go and feel free and not feel judged. And exactly. Dealing with special topics like this, you need that. Like you, you, you can't have that wall. You got to be able to just go in there and say, hey, listen, doc, um, this and this is going on. Can you fix it? Like, yes or no. And a lot of people need that because they don't know you know they don't ask for help because they assume that somebody can't help oh please don't ever assume anything please we all know what that says about you <laughs> all right tell listeners um how to reach you one more time yeah sure so it's my email is j-a-c-o-b-s-c-h-i-r-o period e-j at gmail.com that's a good way to get in touch with me. Of course, I'm on Facebook. It's Erin Jacob Stagner. And if you really want to go all out and you want to meet me in my chucks, 
in my true nature and form. You can come to Montgomery, Alabama. Alabama, freaking Bama. In March at the Women of Impact Conference with Nika. And we'll hang out and talk about all this. Yes, yes. And I'm excited because I just can't wait for people to see what you have in store because you enlighten me. You know, like I know bits and pieces of information, but sometimes when you hear it more than once, it starts sinking in. But we really need, it's a meme somewhere. You need to hear something six times before you get it. Exactly. That is really true, even for us professionals. So I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for having me. This is so much fun. My pleasure. (laughs) Anytime. And we're going to cut up when you get here. Oh, it's going to be great. You're going to teach me how to wear a wig, right? That's right. You already yes! know. Woo! You already know. And look, <laughs> I've had two different ones on today. Bam. What? Mike, drop. All right, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> There's a secret for you. But anyways, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson with Dr. Jacob Stagner. And have a wonderful day. <laughs> Stay powerful. Thank you.